Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Miss Laura K. Cooper. Laura, how are you doing this afternoon? I am amazing. Thanks for asking. Okay, that sounds good. How was your previous week? Really? It was hectic at work. We have plea deadline coming up this week. And I have about eight cases I'm juggling right now. And so I've been spending most of my week this week either reading discoveries, like the evidence in cases, so I can figure out what arguments I can make to negotiate better plea offers for my clients. Between that and meeting with clients, it's been hectic. And this week is going to be just as hectic, if not more. No, nah, I know it's going to be more hectic than it was last. So I'm enjoying my time. Yeah. I feel you. So just for everyone at home, can you provide a little bit about who you are and some context about yourself? Yeah, of course. Hailing from the heart and soul of the Mississippi Delta, I am Laura A. Cooper. The case is for Kiana, by the way. I get the question a lot. And so born and raised in the Mississippi Delta, Greenville, to be exact. I left Greenville when I graduated high school, went to Triple College. For four years, where I majored in political science. After that, I went to law school at the University of Mississippi. I am Southern at heart. I love my people. Very compassionate. I, since a young age, I extend myself to make sure that nobody's being mistreated around me. And that is it goes in the career choice that I decided, which is to be a lawyer, particularly public defender, which is what I do now. And I'm in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is Forest County, as an assistant public defender. And in my spare time, I guess I like to empower youth. If I'm not empowering youth, I try to empower people, whether it's just strangers that I pass by on a daily basis or just people who need a hood. I think I need a big hood, but that's who I am. I am an advocate. I am a friend, and I am a leader, and I try to lead a life that people can look at and be inspired by. Thank you for that. I really appreciate it. As you're aware, this is season two of Don't Be Coy, focusing in on moments of transformation. And just really want to take some time to just talk with you a little bit about your past and in your present, and like, what are some of the lessons learned through that has either informed or will be able to provide you the tools to be most present as you move forward and transition into your future. And so with that, I think the first thing that really comes to mind, just sticking out where you were sharing a lot about coming from the Mississippi Delta, having that innate passion towards helping individuals, being that kind of advocate. You said that how that transition into not only your own personal development, but then also how you decided for your career choice. It's my first initial question. What was this kind of driving motivator that helped you identify that this was something that was passionate? I would say the driving motivator were my internal moments 
as a young person feeling helpless. Like, I wish that my circumstances would change, but I didn't feel powerful enough to change my own circumstances or I didn't feel vocal enough to speak up for myself the way that I wanted. And so I found relief in speaking up for others. It took me a while to to use my voice for myself, but early on, like with my brother, like some things are going on in his house or whatever, and I would be the one to say, no, that's not right. And in school, like, I had a reputation in high school for being the protester. So whenever things were going on, like, we had these student resource officers that were terrible. Like, they had bad judgments, and they did not know how to engage with children. And I would be the person that my classmates would call on to speak up for them when something had happened. And it blossomed from there. I remember there was this contest. We had a black female mayor in Greenville, first ever, and she was a black attorney. They was having this Citizens for a Better Greenville competition. And it was so many things I was passionate about. And I felt like grateful needed to change. I was like, here is my opportunity to use my voice and advocate for things that I wanted to change in my sector of Greenville. Not coming from everyone's place, my mom is CNA, my stepdad work in the body shop. And so we have a lot of money and stuff. I'm like, we need somebody to speak for us. And so I have to meet five different ideas. I'm like, here's what y'all can do for us, for people like me and my neighborhood to be better. And it led to me being appointed like the government relations here of the mayor's council. And so like those moments where I feel powerful by using my voice, I just decided to stick with it. And in my senior year of high school, we encountered Trayvon Martin, same age, like this didn't happen to anybody. It comes from Mr. Delta where you see the large black population, so you know that most of these people are descendants from slaves. And so like, how do I use my voice? I know I'm going to college one day, but what career do I need to me so that I can help people like me, look like me, and otherwise don't have a voice? And with those student resource officers as well, like, you see people, like I said, they didn't know how to handle children, but also the school to prison pipeline, they get arrested for not having on the right uniform or for speaking up for themselves in class and it may not be a way their teachers wanted to hear it, but like, it's just the delivery may lead you to go to alternative school and then going through juvie or something like that. And it's like, we need somebody to stand in the balance to say that this is wrong and here's a better alternative on how to handle these situations. So I chose law and I have my family members and stuff have been all running into the law. And you always, like me, I wanted the best for them, like, prison father wasn't the best outcome or form of punishment, but they had these public defenders and didn't have a lot of faith in public defenders because you're type, they got a whole bunch of or overworked on the page, they really don't give a damn about it. And so I knew I wanted to be a lawyer and I knew that I wanted to be a public defender because being a black person, in Mississippi, especially in Mississippi Delta, is a direct line from being a descendant of a slave 
to being an incarcerated individual. And we needed people in these positions to stand in the balance, to be competent and to be passionate about being there, not for the money. I always knew public defenders don't make the best, the best money, but I knew that I wanted to be somebody there on purpose, a public defender on purpose. And so now I'm leaving in it and it has its pitfalls, but I'm exactly where I wanted to be, where I planned 10 years ago. I really appreciate that. One of the things that comes to mind is that there's a lot of reoccurring themes and pathways from you identifying yourself to be, hey, I'm going to be the person who speaks out in my household when I recognize some type of injustice in any kind of form. I realize that I'm going to be the person that's going to speak out at school whether there's an injustice, et cetera, et cetera. Going through these journeys of whether it was school, different committees you were part of, being active in organizations while you were an undergrad in law school, et cetera. How did you remain present in those situations and remember to identify what are the specific skills that can help me in building towards the next? I feel like we've been in a week. We've been in place where we see people seek out opportunities to be the leader or to be the advocate or to stand in the gap when they feel like something's wrong. They need somebody there, but you do it for resume purposes. You do it to be seen. Me, I'm living in these moments. I'm just trying to figure out what's the best way I can help. Like, I'm not trying to if their cloud comes from it, being cool or whatever, but it's really about doing what I feel like I can and using the skills that I have, like research. I could look at from online and figure out how other people have done something in the past that may have worked and have not, not knowing the laws, but feeling like I can Google, like police Saturday and research. And maybe something can help me or how to write a, a grievance letter to anybody about an infraction colleague security. I'm not knowing what the hell, what it's going to lead to, but I know that I got to do something. Like, I just can't <laughs> not be quiet. And so it's like the opportunities that have been afforded to me, they just happen. It's not something I'm just looking for. Of course, I apply myself to opportunities that are presented to me, but I'm not out here trying to build a resume. I'm just really just trying to do the best I can wherever I am and if those things make the impact on people where they feel like they can trust me in certain roles, then so be it. I'm going to go where, wherever I call, where I feel like God is leading me, but I'm not, I don't have a lot of answers, especially like now you dealing with people's lives and cases, they could be going to prison. Like I'm just going to business using what I know to be helpful. Some of those things, they may not be appreciated. But sometimes they are appreciated and you get rewarded for things. But I don't do things for the reward because most of the time I really don't know what the hell I'm doing. But I know I got to do something. I know how to read. I can articulate my words. And so sometimes they, they, it works out for me. But otherwise, I'm just trying to, I don't want to leave a place the same way it was when I got here. There is something I see that I can change. And I, try to do I think what's really interesting about that is, as you said, there are individuals who 
do things for like selfish reasons, whether it's like to build their resume, whether it's to get garner some type of attention from others, whatever it may be. But it's like what I'm hearing from you is that pure intention around the actions that you're taking. Like you genuinely like to help people and you work with what you got. And whenever you particularly see an opportunity or resources, you lean into that to be able to have the best intentions towards the action that you want to take. So as an individual who has that privilege, if you will, to be able to have these resources, how do you utilize that to support those? One, one thing that's central to me when it comes to empowering other people, it's about the person trying to convince them or not even convince them, sometimes prevent to remind them of the power that they have within. I feel like if you could boost somebody's self-confidence, then maybe they'll be confident enough to think about the future. If you could increase somebody's self-value, self-love, then I love myself a little bit more. And maybe I think about what I'm going to wear tomorrow or what job I'm going to next because I don't deserve to be treated the way my manager is treating me right now because I love myself and I want to put myself in a better position than I am now. So I think it's all about stroking somebody's ego. You know, they broken. They <laughs> Somebody probably tell you that your hair looks cute, but you look cute today. You did this. It goes a long way. When people feel good about themselves, it shows in their actions. It shows in the choices that they make, and maybe they might forget once they find they miss the wrong and give him for a couple hours. But then, hey, you may probably need a little reminder, like, hey, girl, you know you just did right. You don't need to, you don't have to put up these certain things. Same way with dogs. I think people's dogs are just my thing. I try to, I feel like if I could convince you to want to do it for yourself, then you'll do it for yourself. But otherwise, then I just, if I have resources, I try to connect people with resources. Because I don't know everything, but I know this lady over here, she has a beauty shop, and maybe you could contact her and see if she could do like a payment plan or I don't know a lot, but I know this guy right here, I maybe you could go. Get a little hookup from like that. We're trying to connect people with the resources that I do have because I know I'm entering. I've been into places that a lot of people may not be able to go. And so I just share the resources. Yeah. I think it's the answer. If I'm hearing you correctly, it's empowerment through grace. But you talked about earlier that before you could even find your own voice, you were a voice for others, which I thought was like a really interesting concept because obviously to be able to be a voice for others you have to be able to speak yourself and so my question aligns to under the same concept of empowerment through grace like how did you be able to empower yourself and give yourself grace to be able to identify that you have found your voice it's a delight like in high school i was smart but when it came my relationship with men and friends, sometimes I've been in a situation I should not have been in. And I love myself a little more, a lot more. I'm like, hey, I still have my diary from high school. And I'm like, reading it. I'm like, 
who is in for him now, always knew that going to college was going to be my escape plan. Going to college was, had always been my escape plan from getting out of Greenville, getting out of my household. I knew I had to go to college, but I wanted to go as far away from fucking Greenville, Mississippi. I wanted to go far away. So I knew that when I went to school, I would have an opportunity to become who I always wanted to be. And that's why I did it true Lou. Like I rebranded myself. You got Laura K. Cooper. I wasn't saying it before I went to Tulu, but I did there. This is who I want to be. This is my name. I want my name attached to my boyfriend. I want my name attached to anything else that I went through in high school. This is my life. If I had created myself, I was very intentional about. And so that's how I gained my power. I found a place that I could go that I wouldn't have to burden my family with paying for school. Like I got full ride. I could go here, I could recreate myself, and I could give myself a chance to be who I knew I had the potential to be. And so I was just intentional about this, about leaving my past behind and forging ahead and creating my own future. I really appreciate that. And thank you for your vulnerability and your openness in sharing that. What I will say is that in this identity, what I find to be really interesting about that is that it's like the person that you invented yourself to become sounds like it's the person who you knew you always were and understanding that this was a really big transition moment, right? Like you were, had an opportunity to say, Hey, I'm leaving high school this could be a really big pivotal moment for me. I can make the decision to either stay here or go to a school that's like closer to home, or I can take this opportunity to be a little bit further away. I'm curious if there were ever any other moments in your life that were of that same magnitude of transitions, or were these other situations, I guess you could say sub-chapters of this larger season that defines who Laura K. Cooper is? I think I've had moments of transformation along the way, but I feel like once I got into the groove of being Laura K. Cooper, like it all played a role. If it didn't suit me, then I wasn't a part of it. Like, I deserve, you know, a little detour now and then. But <laughs> mostly, once I was on my way, it was just it's like all of it. It's a part of who I am. Even the things that I want, especially the things that I wanted to leave behind, dictated the decisions that I made in the future. So, like, right now I've been in Hattiesburg for a year and probably a couple months. The decision to come to Hattiesburg, see that I've never been in, that was a moment of transformation. It was like, you get these new opportunities every day of your life and every year. And so, there were, I think there were always be to transform yourself and make decisions that will either benefit you or not. But it always happens, but it all is aligned who I am and who I want to be. And this thing is, I like literally, since I became a public center, I had to come to terms with myself. Okay, now Laura, it was actually after my 10 year class reunion, which was in September of last year. And like being in this city and like seeing where I was 10 years ago, being with my high school classmates, like, dang, Lord, you are exactly where you 
said, it would be 10 years ago. You're a public defender, you're a lawyer, you're like, you're doing it. But then I had to give myself permission to dream new dreams. Yeah, you're here now, but this where you want to be forever. Do you feel like you're, you could best serve yourself? Because I had to get out of, I think that's, that's the answer. When I came to Tugaloo, like being an advocate and branding myself as like the leader of people, I have to make the world a better place. I had to transform myself out of that. It was like, Lord, you can't get stuck in trying to save the world. What do you do for yourself mm. to enjoy your life? And so I had to give myself permission to dream new dreams and to see myself in a, in a more expanded way as opposed to just staying in this box of being an advocate for others. But I had to find new ways to find to dream new dreams, but also do things that I like, explore the world a little bit more, and maybe the world is not or your gear or your assignment in this world is not about saving everybody, about living, like literally going places that you've never been before, seeing people that you've never seen before. If it's about living and experiencing life as opposed to adopting or like internalizing the problems of this world because there will always be problems of this world but how do you want to live your life and COVID helps you do that people die every day people yeah. just random people in good health and just scared me you know Laura what have you done for yourself you know you got a legacy to leave you can hold dad in between your birthday and your death day and I'm like well how are you living this can't be life you just can't be up on nobody cross dying for calls I want to be a martyr. What I really appreciate about that is just there's this continuous cycle of progression of before and after, right? There was a before and after you went to Tougaloo. There was a before and after of all these various different phases in between to where you're at right now. And where you're presently in for particular transformation is that realization of like self and then the importance of that kind of self-care and prioritizing your needs and your desires, not only from a professional standpoint, but really what just makes you whole, what really and truthfully fills your cup. And so this is a really good pivot towards thinking about what does that after look like for you? Now that you have identified the importance of self-care, what have you done or what will you do? to live towards that goal of affirming your self-care. Yeah, my job is very demanding, but I never want to be the public defender to just fly by night or work on the page, not mm. even attention to detail. But what I've done is I incorporated like journaling in my routine. And so I've always had a whole lot of ideas and I'm very creative. It's like, I'm not, if I wasn't doing law, I would definitely be pursuing an acting career. I always loved it. I needed a little bit of privilege, but I tried to make time to be creative. I, I had my, actually my brush and stuff is out there in the living room now. And so I just tried to make time to just be creative. Like I have plans that I'm working on. These are personal projects. They're not tied to better in the community or nothing. This is about me, what I want to do. And so I make time to flush out those ideas and make them personal projects because I figured 
if I could do this for organizations or for sororities or if I could do it for a job, like I could do this thing for myself. Like I could take my <laughs> own ideas and I can make them come through. Yeah. And so that's how I do it for me. It's like when you people get paid to do stuff or you volunteer to help these projects come to pass and why can't you do that for yourself? Yeah. And so now I'm doing those things for myself. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate just overall you just taking the time to to just sit down and talk with me today. This has been a really great conversation. And for you to take out a moment of your life to just sit down and talk with me today, I hope that this time was of value towards you. So I just really wanted to just take a moment to just share my appreciation for that. No, thank you. I received it. I received it. But I, I appreciate the invitation in itself to be invited on your platform like you created. You created this platform. What type of things you want to be featured on it? So I appreciate the invitation in itself and you, your willingness to reschedule. This is enjoyable. You ask me questions that I haven't really thought of. And so it helped me. This was a push, a great way to spend my weekend. It's like reflection, guided reflection for me. So I got a lot out of this and I just appreciate the invitation. I really, really appreciate that. Before I let you go, I do have a few <laughs> lightning questions that I like to do on every show. If you don't okay. mind, just run through those real quick and I'll let you get back to the rest of your day. Okay. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats? Video chats. Nice. What or who inspires you and why? My sister. She is unlike anybody that I've ever met innovative like she had these ideas that she was she planned a whole fashion show just last year in a couple of months just because she knew that she wanted panic warming she's a lot of trials and tribulations in her life and yet her faith in god is still as strong as it was from day one and she just keeps on pushing on and i admire that i want to be like that i always want to be like my oldest sister so it just it, it's the same way now even as adults yeah I love it. And then lastly, on a scale from one to 10, how good are you at keeping secret? I really appreciate that. With that then, my friend, just really once again, want to thank you for being on the show. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Okay, you so nice to see your email, man. We can look on everything I'm bringing for you. All right. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.